Yes, sir. Another episode. This one we got on a Folk Prophets podcast. Cold Cash. Peace, my guy. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed, family. How you doing today, King? Man, life is good, man. Life is good. Another day of other ground. They say it's a, it's a good day, so I'm going to have to ride with that one. So tell me where you from, my guy. Uh, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, Midwest, born and raised. You know what I'm saying? Um, I currently live in Buffalo, New York, on the East Coast. Uh, so, you know, upstate New York, not not necessarily the city, you know what I mean? Probably about eight to 10 hours away from New York City itself, but um, yeah. So, okay. you know, uh, Buffalo, New York by way of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What made you move to Buffalo? Uh, escaping trouble, you know what I'm saying? Um, as as a as a, as a youngin, you know what I'm saying? Has started has started trying to chase money a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And start getting into some things that, you know, you know, jumped off the porch, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? And uh, due to mom, dudes finding out what was going on. You know what I mean? To avoid almost the Fresh Prince of Bel Air story. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Avoid the trouble. You know, she sent me where I had family. You know what I'm saying? And I've been here ever since. Okay. Okay. So we all experienced those type of uh, norms, right? And, and, and growing up in the urban community, growing up in the black community, I ain't gonna say urban, growing up in the black community, it seems to be like this, this point where some of us do mix into this area where there's so much uh, strife and, and, and there's drugs and, and there's opportunity, but it's usually the wrong opportunities. So moving to Buffalo kind of pushed you away from that. Were you doing music before you left here, left Milwaukee? Uh, I was doing music, but at a low, a real low level, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was more of a, of a hobby at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it wasn't something that I was really taking serious and focusing on. It was just something that I had started off doing young, younger than what I was as a teen, you know what I'm saying? And then um, as I got a little bit older, I started bumping into people who had studios, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, of course, the natural route of going to the basement studios and recording with different people, different producers, and just just trying different stuff, you know, just happy to hear yourself on, on wax for real, for real, just to hear yourself. And um, that's basically where I was at, you know what I'm saying, when it came to the music. Okay. Who were some of the MCs or rappers that you looked up to uh, coming up? Uh, Coming up, like I say, uh, being in the Midwest, um, I had a combination of a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, when it came to music. Uh, I used to travel back and forth to Buffalo a lot, so mm-hmm. I... I did come over here. So I had a lot of influence from, you know, the fabs, the biggies, the the kisses, the locks, all of the class, you know, the legends on the East coast. And I will take that back to Milwaukee. Um, while I was in Milwaukee, we was listening to a lot of the early cash money. Uh, BG, when BG was the main focal point, and um, uh, we was listening to a lot of UGK, uh, A-Ball MJG. Yeah, that was heavy. That was heavy in the Midwest. Yeah, Twister, of course, you know, being from the shy Chicago, being 40 minutes away, or maybe a little less, depending on where we were at, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of St. Lunatics, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Midwest, a lot of just just a lot of Midwest influence mixed in with, you know, with a, mixed in with a little bit of the Nas's and the Firms and that type of thing from the, from the East Coast, too. Definitely, definitely. So you already had some some relationship with the Buffalo area then coming up. Yeah, uh, like I say, my mother whole side, she the oldest of nine kids, you know what I'm saying? And all of them lived in Buffalo. Uh, my father, my father, they met here. So, you know, of course, he had a couple of brothers and sisters, and nephews and things that was here too. So uh, when I was, when I was about three, four, I brought, I had my first airplane ride, you know what I mean? Coming over here to the East. 
and, and coming to uh, Buffalo. So ever since then, I always came back and forth, you know what I mean? But as far as living-wise, it was once I got older, you know, started getting into the Detroit. What's it like there? Because for some people in the last five to seven years, they just started hearing about uh, the brothers from uh, Buffalo. Uh, G- was it the Brazil, the, the Brazil, the click. You got West Side Gun, Conway, and Benny the Butcher. But were you aware of that when you were doing your travels back and forth from Milwaukee to Buffalo? Uh, I really became aware of of Benny, uh, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun, and them boys way before them was even their names. You know, okay. and, uh, they like family to me. That's 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 definitely family. Uh, the streets that they talk about, Montana. Uh, May Street, all of that's right around the corner. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's okay. five minutes walking distance for me. Okay. Um, the I can honestly say um, it took a while for the world to catch on. Mm-hmm. You know and um, even now, I think that they catching on because of a void that the, that, that the game was missing. Not so much that they was going to come here and discover nothing. Because once again, like them boys always will tell you, it's not a city where people come. Right. It's, right. It's, it's it's uh like I say, it's 10 hours away from the city, but it's an hour and a half away from Toronto, Canada. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, we in the upstate, we in a funny in a in a funny situation when it comes to music and, and having an outlet. You know what I mean? We don't have that that one person where you get a music to it and it carry off to the rest of the world. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's not that main strip in New York, like where you can walk down the street and end up in, in a business building, in a building where they, where they where the record label is and shit like that. Even, even our radio stations, you know what I'm saying? Our radio stations really don't have no opportunity for artists coming out of the town mm. to catch that, they catch that buzz. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I, like I say, we got about 200 to 300 artists in the town. Fire, a lot of them fire, really deserve a shot. But then when you look at the demographics and, and, and where we at, you know what I mean? It's, it's very far-fetched that very few of them gonna get a shot. You know what I mean? That's just the real harsh reality of it. So when you talk about Conway, Benny, the whole Grizel, the BSF, you're talking a lot of hard work, you know, yeah. a lot of travel, uh, piling up in the vans early, you know what I mean? Putting your own bread, your, your feet to the pavement. You know yeah. What I mean? Go and do venues where you might only have 25 people in the beginning. Yeah, because I remember, and this is just for me, five years ago, I was already aware of them. Right. right. That's when they that's when they started to catch. And I was like, dude, I've, I've known about them for eight, eight, nine years. Like, they've been doing that for a long time. It's just like, now they're starting to get their just due because of the push that they like. They've been constantly trying to t- churn out music and push that shit. So yeah. talk to me. Talk to me about that. Because you said the 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 way it's set up, the where you guys are, the location, it's it's ten hours away from Toronto, but or it's an hour away from Toronto, but it's ten hours away from like the main the main parts of like Manhattan and shit like that, right? So the radio, besides the radio, do you guys have like places for like mic open mics or places where guys can go perform, the women can go perform? Man, um, quiet is kept. We've been doing that for decades, man. Okay. This, this, if, if if you hear, you know. You know what I'm saying? If you know, you know. Um, you know the cons, the, the the scenes as far as the local talent shows, and I don't even call them. I hate to, and I hate to put that stigma that you know that title on a lot of these things because they deserve more. Um, the actual events they self had great turnouts. Uh, the artists come out. 
I think the, the division more so is between the artist and the consumer. You know, we in a day and age where the consumer really want to support what I already look like is moving. Mm-hmm. And once again, with Griselda situation, once they stood next to somebody with the cosigns, you know, you started to see everybody jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. But like you say, you knew about them seven, eight years ago. The talent didn't change. You dig what I'm saying? It's just more so, you know, um, the light that was shared changed. Um, but our open mic scene, man, we got a lot of stuff going on. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of people I could shout out. Y'all probably wouldn't know them, you know what yeah. I mean? But I definitely show love to all of the people who definitely putting their feet to the concrete when it comes to putting these local artists on, these independent artists on, man. Anybody that's really striving, we got a lot of that. Um, you ever come to Buffalo, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely places I could take you where it's people performing twice a week, three times a week, a lot of different artists, man. Yeah, because that, that's what I was wondering. Like, do you do you guys have places to perform? Because in Chicago, we have it. But the thing is, you had to travel up north. And for us, up north was basically where, and this is not to throw shade at any any culture or any group of people, but that's where the white folks was. Right, right. 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 So if we, it was always like this, this kind of like static in a city because you had to go up there, but you had to prove yourself. You had to prove yourself to everybody that you could go up there and do this shit. So either you was coming up there to show that you could represent the West Side the south side or the east side of Chicago, or you wasn't. You what? You know what I, I mean? So I, you had to go up there because that's where you could go and safely not only just do music, but you could get seen and you could represent because that's where every that's where all the talent was going. You know what I mean? So I, I understand I understand where you're coming from because on the south side and the west side, there wasn't a lot of places where you could go to do that type of shit, you know. And in the events events that would be out there they wasn't always like rocking out the best like they 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 weren't put together well all the time i i I guess i could say it that way they wasn't always put together i think a lot of i think a lot of times too um what a lot of those type of events don't realize is that sometimes you almost got to reach out to your more talented artists that's in your city Mm -hmm. instead of just you know because a lot of those a lot of those situations just allow people to come in if you're an artist you know, you got to sometimes they might charge you ten dollars to perform just to touch the stage. Sometimes it might be free as long as you get on the sign on list or whatever, however it may go. You know, but I think a lot of times um, those type of situations can almost it can have a negative effect on the artist sometimes because you get you start to get noticed that you start to get looked at almost as the, you know, the talent show artist. Mm-hmm. So but I think that if in a lot of cities, if the promoters was to book the more talented artists, you know what I'm saying? Who really, really got a shot, you know, keep your, if you're going to do that, keep it to people who really, really take their craft serious, make it yeah. some kind of criteria, you know? So that way, you know, make a person have to bring five fans, five people out to support. That way, you know, you got a building at least with, if each artist got five people in there, you at least got 50 to a hundred people in the building. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That might not be in tune with somebody else and everybody can gain, you know, gain something from the actual situation. And it's also important as an artist to network with the people in the building, to with the with the with the with the crowd after the event is over with the crowd and with the other artists. Um, I know here in Chicago, uh, this is just me speaking from growing up here in Chicago and, and having to go through the music scene. There are a lot of guys that don't really want to fuck with nobody, but it's just based on the way they grew up. They grew up in an environment where motherfuckers is always warring. You know what I mean? They they used to shit going wrong. So yeah. certain guys don't like to network, but it's important 
to network because you help build your brand. You may be able to help cross brand with somebody else or cross market. There's a lot of stuff that can take place. So networking is another key um, to doing all that shit, man. I think I think what what you said is real important, man. And but the the saddest part about our people and our culture is that uh, when it comes to networking, like you say, it get kind of hard and get kind of difficult when you start to add the street politics that that you know that involve a lot of our people, um, especially our rap community. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we even see that with the loss of the rappers that we losing. You know man. What I'm saying? And um, but and a lot of people like to say, uh, hold on one second, let me hit this button. All right, so you were saying the politics of it, right? Yeah, I was saying that, um, yeah, we was talking networking. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing about networking is, you know, like in our hoods, a lot of that stuff is so divided, you know what I'm saying? And it's divided by gangs in some cases. Absolutely. Uh, I remember it was a point where my uncles used to come from New York and come to Milwaukee with their hat like this. That's a no-no. You see what I'm saying? So That's you- a no-no. So it was little, it's little things like that within our community and our culture that separate us. And so, that's only that's only cool if that's the area that you're in. If your hat is tilted to the, up to the right like that, you better make sure that you the the, uh, the a lot of people don't know about that era and how that how that trickled over into the business side. Um, a lot of the gang banging and a lot of the uh, claiming a block, claiming a hood, like here in Buffalo, it's so many talented artists. But we, a lot of us can't work together because somebody might be from uptown, somebody might be from downtown, somebody might be from the West. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like, it's, it's sad to say, and I don't know if this go on in other nationalities or, or other races because I'm not those. But then within ours, I know, you know, within a certain age demographic, um, a certain hood demographic, yes. neighborhood is red in the red line community, red line communities and all of that, man. It get kind of crafty, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to networking. Um, a lot of the, the best places to go, we can't go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let me say this to all anybody that's listening, to all the brothers and sisters, young women, young men, older women, older men. We got to get out of this tribal mentality where a person from another block or they're wearing another color is different from us. We are all under the same fucking banner. Those, the reds, the blues, none of that shit really fucking matters. The only thing that matters is us being black and the green dollars that we can make with each other. We got to get past this shit that looking at each other because someone is from normal, from, from a normal avenue and another person's from Clyde Boulevard means something. It don't. None of that shit matters to, to, to the bottom line. The bottom line is making money. How can we help each other feed our families and our kids and change the way our culture and our environments look and the way we move. We are letting other people control our narrative by not controlling it ourselves. That was one of the reasons why I did the podcast, because I can allow you to speak so you can say what needs to be said about the neighborhood. Yeah, we got some good, some bad, and some ugly, but there's too many people that get to Give us these depictions on television and movies and say what we are, and all of us don't. I don't like, I don't like a lot of the shit that I see. I don't like a lot of the shit that I see. When I ask young men who watch Boys Boys in the Hood about Trey getting out the car, the shit I hear, oh, Trey was a pussy. I'm like, was he? Was he? Because his main his main homie recognized that he wasn't with the shit. So he told him, yo, let him out. You know what I mean? And it's, it's these things that like that are going on that, man, we, we really need to we need to break away from. We need to break these fucking curses and, and, and these 
and these old ass habits of thinking that Johnny being from the west side or the east side of Buffalo means more than him being able to get out here and make money with me and we help each other out on on the west side and the east side to make shit better for us all. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's sad to say man cuz you when when you look at it and you say okay the average black person with a thousand Facebook friends, right? You take that 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 thousand people, man. Y'all put some money in a pot. Y'all got enough to start a business, something that all y'all can have equity in and start. But we so divided, everything funny now. Like like it's all about styling on people, and no new friends, and all of that kind of. Everything so, that blocks you, everything that's then, blocking you. And then the bad part about it is, a lot of times we say our people, you know, uh, can't come together. But then I look at it like. And the saddest, sad part to say, I'm one of the honest ones. Um, it's a lot of turn coat people within our our color. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me just say that. That's a fact. So, so a within fact. so within that, you know, a lot of the influences and the things that we gonna look for, our our people gonna look towards as influence is also driving us wrong too. So it ain't necessarily just our people against our people. You know what I mean? And from a lower level. It's our people versus our people from a higher level that all in and trickle all the way down. You know what I mean? It's a it's like a pyramid effect when it comes to, you know, what our 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 people who really don't have is trying to aspire to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's detrimental because you got a lot of millionaires and people that's pushing close to a billy. Mm-hmm. You know, but but because of what the business motto is and what the business side say, it kind of override the morals, principles, values of our people. So that's where it gets sticky at when we get to talking money and, you know, the business side and, and in terms of our people networking and linking up. It's, it's, it's so much it's so much bigger than just, you know, changing your mentality because there's so many other variables. That go- it is, but it's, that's part of it. Like, you, you oh, can't. Definitely a part. Yeah, you, you ain't going to get nowhere if you ain't thinking. If you ain't thinking correctly, you, ain't, you definitely ain't going to get nowhere. I know I wouldn't have got this far in life if I didn't change my thinking. My right. thinking was a, was a very first part of it. Learning that I need to get away from certain people, um, learning that I need to change how I, how I respond to things that I think are, are negative, you know, realizing that everything doesn't take an aggressive action. You know what I mean? Because if you go knock somebody out at every turn, you're never going to get nowhere like that. People are always going to say, hey, you can't deal with him because he's hard headed. The bad part about it is, and like we say, when we say that. See, we men, uh, we men uh, uh, that stand on things, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? In this day and age, it's sad to say how you just said if you go punch somebody or you whatever you mess up. In this day and age, nowadays, it's like it's the almost kind of flip. The person go punch somebody just to be on camera. Yeah. Uh, the person go to jail, get caught doing whatever he doing just to be the big drug dealer. You know, but but then, like I say, I think a lot of it is life starting to imitate art more. So, you know, people putting these things on camera on a visual scale, the Internet on all day. You got every female, female, instead of taking a picture with her face to the camera, it's her ass to the camera now. Uh, it's, it's just so, you know, it's so many different things. The the, the dopamine that come along with a like or a love on a post. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know when you get to adding all of these things, man, and you snow, it create a snowball effect. That it does, know. it does. And the thing about that is, is I don't think people realize the dopamine that gets released, released right? The dopamine, the serotonin, and all that that goes in the. Oh, people like my posts. People like the way I show my ass. 
I don't think people understand it. And part of that comes from the lack of love for yourself or someone, the pe- people around you that never told you things like that. But at some point, you got to be responsible for your own self and know that, you know, the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. So talk to me, man. What, what Explain your style as far as music. Like what, 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 is, what is it a culmination of? Uh, my style is a culmination. Of course, you can hear my vocal tone. Um, I'm not the loudest person in the no. room by far. Uh, I, I'm from a place where we really don't talk much unless we really got something to say. It's a lot of pimping in Milwaukee. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm kind of slick with my words to a certain extent, um, not by choice, but just by, you know, natural habitat and being around different environments. Um, my rap style, though, I got bars, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually, I, I take me a long time to write a song. I'm not getting in no studio and just putting anything down. Um, if I if I talk about it, it's gonna have substance. Um, I really don't glorify the shooting and all of that, but I definitely, you know, talk about it in the songs to a certain degree because I try to paint a picture. Um, my name, Cold Cash, of course, I wanna give you both sides. I wanna give you the cold side of living this life as well as, you know, once you elevate and you get some money. so. You know, I try to give you both sides. Um, if I'm going to talk about something, it's definitely not going to be in a way to uh, make the thing sound cool or none of that. If, if, if I'm talking about shooting, I'm going to give you a harsh reality of it. I'm going to talk about the teddy bears on the pole and the, and the blood on the ground. I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about me spinning the block. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if that's what, if that's what you like, that's what you're going to get from me. You know what I mean? I can make any kind of song. But, of course, like I say, um, I actually care about my people. So a lot of times I don't like to force feed them a lot of garbage. You know what I mean? I like to give them substance. Word, word. All right. I need you to do this for me. If you could work with five, three to five of the top produ- or three to five producers of all time, who would you want to work with? <clears throat> uh, producers. Um, yes, sir. Uh... It's gonna be a weird five right here. Uh in no particular order. Mm-mm. Uh I will work, I will work with JD, of course, Jermaine Dupree. Uh I think me and Puff will make a crazy song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think me and Puff will. Uh Dre, of course. All right, that's three. Uh I'm gonna say Havoc. Okay. Bob Pete. Oh, okay. Um Man, probably many fresh. Really? Okay, that's that era. Now you're going back to that yeah. cash money era, right yeah. there. Probably many fresh. I say, you know, I th- I think he is a, a producer that doesn't get a lot of credit, but Manny has a variation style. Even though he has a signature style, he has a variation of how he does it, and I've heard it in different songs that he's done. You know, if if they don't say his name on it, or he doesn't say his name, you'll go, "What? He did that?" Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So he got some songs with like uh what's it the West Side connection and shit like that that people like you wouldn't know unless someone said in the song, yo, Manny, you a fool for this one, you know. Yeah. So yeah. um he, he he Manny Fresh is one of those really good producers, man. Um rappers, what rappers would you like to work with? Uh I would say Nas, just some I think the the you know the the style kind of would mesh well. Um let me think. Who else would I work with? Um, Kiss, of course, one of the greatest rappers of all time. We see what he's still doing. He's still killing the game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, probably Benny, because that's family, you know. 
Um, Butcher coming. <laughs> uh, who else would I work with? What's that, three? Yeah, you said Benny, you said Kiss, and you said uh, Nas. Probably Fab. Okay. And then we take it, uh, take it Midwest. We take it to your city. I probably younger cats. So I probably do a song with Dirk. Yeah. Motherfuckers loving Dirk right now, man. Motherfuckers is really loving Dirk right now. Growing up in, in Milwaukee, did you guys did, did they play a lot of Scarface? Heavy, like yeah. like like Ghetto Boys or anything rap a lot. Like like you know um. Like I say, I'm well versed. I got I got family live all in Austin and through all all through Texas. You know what I'm saying? So that's a place I frequented early too. Um, I've been at 39 states in my life. You know what I'm okay. saying? I lived in four, so I'm I'm kind of well versed with music and, and going hear music over here and then taking it back home and then you know hearing it pick up momentum and then being popular there too. So like I say, I, I kind of heard everything. And then Twister, of course, was huge back then. That's what he was coming through the mill with the truck with like like 64 colors changing colors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, banging all of that. So all of that adrenaline rush and all of that, bro, we, we've been on pretty much all of that. That Scarface and Ghetto Boys, of course, you know, GD and all of that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> who wrote all the intros? And, yeah. You know what I mean? We've been on J Prince. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, Ghetto Boys, yeah. Scarface was heavy. Yeah, man, mob shit, mob shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, man. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, okay, so do you prefer in this era of social media and the internet because we can we can upload and click and push and start and end everything now? Do you prefer being able to put your music out yourself now, or would you rather be able to break it over the radio? Uh, I've always been an independent. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, like from day one, like. I never could understand being from where I'm from. We was always hustlers. I could never understand pretty much putting you, you know, your craft into the hands of somebody else and then relying on them to be the engine, of, you know, and the catalyst to pushing it. Um, I, the, the radio always had a bias. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the, my family militant. So I kind of go against the grain when it comes to, you know, giving your, giving your, you know, uh, your likeness and all of that type of thing over to a system. Mm-hmm. Um, so the internet is kind of good. I, I like the internet for, yeah. the, for the opportunities it's providing for a lot of artists. I don't like the internet because the internet work off algorithm. Um, if, 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 if you don't know how to tap into that, you know, you could think that you're touching a million people, you know what I'm saying? And really be touching five to 10 depending on how popular you are and what's the topics of what you're talking about. See, a lot of artists don't understand that. I, I've been doing my due diligence on the game and understanding how a lot of artists break. Yeah. So me, I understand that it's bigger than just having the, 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 the uh, access to just push a button and your music touch the internet. That's cool, yeah. But now you at the hard part, which is actually getting the masses to actually see it and breaking through. Yeah, to tap in you because you need to. The algorithm goes off likes. Who liked it? Who's subscribing? Who's who's sharing it? Who's rating it? Like that's what that's what pushes you to the top of the uh to the top of the list. Yeah. And so you know, a lot of people don't know that. So you know, I I think I think to that degree, and a lot of it is based off ads. You know, paying for them ads and, and putting your budget. That's where having a little budget come into play. 
Facts. See, you can you can want to be independent and put your music out, but just know it's gonna be costly. You know what I'm saying? Oh that, yeah. That 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 money that you thought you was gonna be able to go to the club with, like you normally do, oh, you know, and cancel that out. Um, all of that drinking and smoking and all of that money now it goes off into advertising dollars and market promotion, traveling out of town to network wardrobes. Yep. Be that's the independent game. You know yep. what I'm saying? If you want to go that route of of going to a label. They're going to give you the budget. They're going to give you the engine. They're going to give you the push. Just yeah. know you're going to might be tied in if you don't recoup. So it's a lot of little things, you know, the, the, the pluses and the minuses on both sides of it. Yeah, but that independent ground, you're going to have to work your ass off. Oh, yeah, it's you, hard. You, you will keep a lot more money, but it takes a lot. It takes a little longer. But in the end, all of it is yours. But when you got that engine behind you, a very big percentage, 50 percent or more of that shit goes back to them. Yeah. Especially, especially, and that's when you win it. Because if you ain't if you ain't doing much of nothing, they just put you back on the show. It's artists that don't never see the light of day, man. Put a, you know, it's some artists that never touch the studio. Yeah, like like the, the game ain't just peaches and cream. To all of the artists out there watching, man, please believe. You know, what I'm saying I've been doing this for a long time independently on my own. I see the money they go in. I see the artists who get signed. I see what they go through. I see when they get dropped from a label and come back and tell you the stories, the horror stories of why this didn't go one way and certain things didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for some artists, it worked well. All I'm going to say is if you go into it, be prepared to go into it with an entertainment lawyer. First of all, if you don't, if you're an artist and you don't got no entertainment lawyer, the worst thing you probably could do right now is try to go sit down and get a deal. Because they go have, have your own, have your own, not one of your own. Don't take the label lawyer or label management. That's see a lot of artists, you know, they go wrong chasing their dream. And because like say, when you're from certain environments and in certain situations, sometimes you just down to your last and you're willing to do whatever for it. You know what I'm saying? But you ultimately don't want to dig yourself in a bigger hole where you, you know, you is going to look good in the beginning. Everything might be peaches and cream, but man, just know that you're going to work. You know what I'm saying? And, and oh, yeah. yep. Your life ain't yours no more. You know, you stay independent. You kind of still, you got some wiggle room on what you can do. You can drop when you want to drop. Because for a lot of them, they know that you're coming from a bad situation. And they looking at you like, what you willing to give up for this? How far are you willing to, 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 to go down this road with me over this way to get that's this record deal? The, that's the worst thing. You know, the, the worst thing about uh, our people, too, coming from some of the environment, environments we come from, man, it's like, you know, you dying so hard, you, you, you want to get out so bad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like how, how long do you supposed to live in, in, in a poverty type of environment? And so, you know, when the opportunity come along, man, a person, you know, if they already out, it's easy for them to come back in and grab you and take you out. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of our people fall for that, man. But I just tell everybody, man, stay strong. You know what I'm saying? Hold your head, man. If you got a talent or a craft, believe in yourself, your own abilities, man. Keep on pushing. Do what you got to do. And keep working. Yeah, just keep, keep working. working. Keep working. Because the better you are at your craft, the, the further you can go. And it becomes easier for you as you go along. It gets easier and easier as you go along. And then when someone says, oh, I could have done that when it takes you five minutes. They don't understand that the reason why it takes you five minutes to do that is because you got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours of doing that one thing over and over and over again. Yep, yep, yep. 
repetition, man. You got to just stay diligent every day, consistently work. You know what yep. I'm saying? That's all. Absolutely, because I've, I've been doing this podcast for the last couple of years or whatever, man, and I've just gotten better and better and better at it. Um, and I've been asked to do other people podcasts and when we jump and they got studios and shit. And when we jump on, I just go right into it. And they be like, yo, it's crazy how you do that. It's just like after a while, you, it just is it, like, I guess they like, say being a radio personality. I just click on, you know what I mean? So it becomes yeah. easy. It's just like, just like this with me or with like being in a booth, creating music. That's like, a, that's my second home. That's second nature to me. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to go in there and, and, and sit there and listen and say how a song should go or what you're looking for. Hey, what do you need help with? Like, that's that's just natural. That's just my natural progression with things, you know? Right, right. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Did you ever want to sign a major deal? When I was young, um, the way I even came into rapping was different. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I wasn't one of them. I wasn't one of them people who was rapping out the gate. Uh, I wasn't one of them get in front of your family and, and perform for everybody. I wasn't one of, none of that. Um, a female that I went to school with, she used to rap. Um, she used to do parties and everything. I always used to go. I felt it fascinating, you know, the love she would get from doing it and it looked fun to me. I fell into it doing it that way. Um, so like I say, uh, then I graduated to going to people's studios and basements and things like that. None of us was really aspiring to get no deal. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We really, it was really was a hobby. It was, it was nothing that none of me or none of my friends had an ambition to do on a serious level. We was basketball players, baseball. I played baseball and basketball, you know what I'm saying? My, all the way up till I was 18. Okay. Um, I, 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 my ambitions was going to the league. I, I really didn't think about uh, music all like that. That's why I say it was just a hobby at that point. It was one of those things where at that point, people was beating on the, on the tables in the lunchroom and we was rapping, you know what I'm saying? And once again, it was just fun. So it was at that point. But um, nah, I never, I never really wanted to get a deal. I never really pushed to get no deal or no situation. Um, I, I always felt like it was a, a hard task to build a team around me that was gonna be able to just, you know, fulfill all of the things that a team would have to fulfill. Cause you know, mm-hmm. somebody gotta wanna pass the ball. You know what I'm saying? Um. And for me, that it just wasn't my thing. I never wanted all of them cameras like in my face all the time. I never wanted people running up to me asking me for autographs. I never wanted all of that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I'm from I'm from the era where street niggas didn't have cameras in their face. We hated cameras. You didn't want the shit in your face. Yeah, we 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 not we move in 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 the shadows. Shadows. And it, and you you see by the work. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to be seen um, in in the entertainment world require a lot of cameras in your face. You got to do a lot of media. Um, you got to put people in your life, especially in this day and age. You got to be on the TikToks and all of that. I never I never wanted that obligation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For, for the majority of the guys that I was around doing music, they weren't the most, they weren't out, they weren't the most, they weren't extroverts. They weren't the most outgoing people. Like the, all of us just really want to be able to go into a studio, make music, and if possible, do like a chitlin circuit or a college tour or something like that. Now, if it got big, it got big, but no one was aspiring to be out in front of cameras. Like the whole thing was, I can rap um, with this group, I can rap with this group, or I can rap solo and I can be dope as fuck. Either or, it don't make no difference, but I don't want a bunch of people in my face or somebody telling me what to do and how to move my music around. 
that was always the main thing around us. And still to this day, when you when you talk to them, even with deals that may have been presented to us, like no one, no one ever really wanted to take one. We were very curious about it, but no one ever decided like, yo, I'm gonna do it. I never, I uh, it took it took a it took for me to start getting a little bit older, you know, going to college and bumping into different celebrities and things like that. I went to Alabama State University. Excuse <clears throat> me. Um, I bumped to a lot of people down there that was giving me game. You know, what I'm saying, telling me, yo, you nice, you should try to do this or that. But they would also tell me, okay, well, with this game, certain things come along with it, and it reminded me too much of the hazing process with with frats. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was almost the same reason why I never joined the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never. I, I played AAU basketball when I was young. And I, okay. always, I always played on a team with all black kids. When I played AAU basketball, it would be predominantly white kids on the team I would play for. They would sit me and my man at the end of the bench. Now, when practice would come, if we would do more suicides, we running on, they reward us by putting us on the court. And that's kind of the feeling I got. Like, mm. entertainment business. It's almost like, uh, okay, I'm going to run, 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 run. Y'all going to benefit off of it i'm gonna be tired as hell going home but i'm gonna get some gatorade and then i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna run 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 run. you see what i'm saying like you're gonna quench my thirst a little bit now but but i'm gonna be doing the majority of the work and y'all gonna make the money and it's gonna be like that so it's too much of a hazing process for me everybody always say your first contract this your first contract that you got to take a bad deal no i don't you see what i'm saying i understand i understand self-economics what I'm going to do is I start my own website. I put all my music on my own site. I drive all my traffic to my own site. I start to hit the, the businesses and the companies that want to advertise and market on my own site because of the traffic I'm building. That's yeah. how I think. I don't think go getting – I learned the game. Teach me how to fish. Don't, yeah. don't – you know what I'm saying? Don't bring me three fish. Don't bring me the fish. Teach me how to fish so I never have to ask you again. Yeah. So that's, I'm man, the- that's man shit. Just learn the game, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one to beg and put, keep my hand out for, you know, for, to, for for something I can learn how to do on my own. Um, and especially if, you know, I don't feel like no man is above no another man. So if one man can learn the game. I know I can learn it too. You know what I mean? And then after that, it's just all execution. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about this AAU man. Were you nice with Were, were you nice with the pill? Yeah, I was nice in baseball and basketball. Uh. I started playing baseball when I was eight. I played all the way till I was 17. Um, basketball, I started playing when I was seven. I played uh, all the way until I was 18, um, till I got to college. Uh, and then even in rec leagues, like like even now, I still play every now and then Blue Moon. Um, yeah, I was, I was nice. You know what I'm saying? I played point guard, you know what I mean? And then in baseball, I pitched and played first base. So uh, I was real athletic, you know what I'm saying? Um, naturally gifted. My father played sports, but he wasn't really around to teach me that. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I, I naturally gravitated towards it. And then, like I say, back in them days, that was the one thing that, you know, you did before. If you didn't make it in that sport, then you kind of jumped off the porch and went the street route. It yeah. wasn't, you know, most most kids back then, parents kept them involved in athletics and in sports. Yeah. So, and like you say, AAU, uh, for those that don't know what AAU basketball is, is amateur athletics, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's the it's almost a breeding ground for where the scouts come to get the kids that's going to college or them kids that's about to go to a major prep school. Um, they, uh, it's, it's a, it's a lot of money involved. We tell you, keep it a hundred with y'all. It's a lot of money involved, a lot of politics involved in, in it. You know what I'm saying? Because like I say, these is the breeding ground for the next kids that's going pro. 
So, so you got to kind of understand that relationships between referees and certain coaches, uh, all of those things. Yeah. Uh, someone called it, uh, an older, an older guy told me years ago, he said, it ain't nothing but another way of, of calling us, uh, keeping us on slave farms. He said, all they do is just breed you to move you around and they send you to somebody else's farm and then another farm until you make it to the league. Right. And those ain't nothing but a bunch of other plantations that you play for. And like and, I tell a lot of these parents, man, you got to be careful if you because because a team, a, a coach will take your kid on the team. You don't go to the games. See, like my son on a traveling team. So they about to go play in Atlantic City, New Jersey. They're going to Texas, Tennessee, Orlando. And then they got six uh, tournaments in Rochester that they play in. Um, but if you don't go with your kid, say you don't take that trip to Atlantic City. You know what I'm saying? You got to. You got to know your kid might not even be out there playing for real. You mm -hmm. paying all this money for your kid to be traveling. But a lot of these systems is designed for whatever kid is the star kid or the kid that's already looked at might even be a coach's son. You know what I'm saying? A coach's daughter. And your kid is traveling, playing. They just happy to take the trips and all of that. But you got to know that if, if you're going to put your kid at AAU, make sure that they at least good enough to get out there on that court, man. Because what you paying for, you know, in the long run, could go to so many more things that could benefit you and your child. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, let me also say this, because I did an episode with my brothers called It's Okay to Not Be an Entertainer. It's okay for these kids to not play sports. It's okay for them to be doctors, lawyers, scientists, and everything else. I salute the basketball and, and, and any sport or any other form of entertainment. It's a, entertainment is the fastest way to the bag. But... We need more lawyers and doctors and everything else and scientists in our community as well. You know, we need our, we need a lot more than just basketball players because a lot of these guys is getting rich and we'll never hear from, from them again. Some of them, some, you know, and then you got to think is somebody getting is somebody getting rich off them players once they get hurt. Somebody yeah. they gotta know how to, you know, work on the body. Somebody they got to know about maintaining the body. Somebody they got to. It's like LeBron. He wouldn't be able to play all of these years if he didn't have them other people, you know, the Rich Pauls and all of them in different positions, you know, to playing their roles. Um, even the people that work with his body. Look how long you've been in the league. It's the preservation is not just even with entertainers and rappers, artists, actors, no matter what it is you see, people got to remember, man, it's a team. Everything take teamwork. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what it is. A rapper that don't do no interviews, don't get no kind of pressed no kind of pub to the press he ain't he not talked to the people at all so without that interviewer that artist ain't nobody you know what i'm saying without them djs at radio playing the music or that program director saying okay yeah we'll play this song woo, yeah. woo. or even the man putting the budget up you know what i'm saying everybody is valuable yeah. and everybody you know i think we just in the day and time where you know society is trying to force us to be so isolated and i i i i when the actuality, man, it take a village to raise a child, and it take you know the whole. Village. You can never get it done by yourself. Okay, it, it's, it's 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 all teamwork, man. If you ain't got teamwork, you know, the dream ain't gonna work, as they say. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's so. a fact. That's a super fact, right there, bro. You always got to have. The further you go, the more you realize that hey, hey, I need specific people for these things. Well, I need to be able to put one person in charge of three things and another person in charge of two things. And let them delegate those things and, and get back to me to make sure that they're running well. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you do? You do you watch? Do you watch any of the NBA games? Oh, man, I'm heavy on the NBA. I sports, okay. I sports bet. So, you know. Ah, uh, OK. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm locked in. Um, 
you know, I'm from Milwaukee, so we got champions. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm on. You know, it took I'm y'all on- some years, but y'all, y'all, y'all at the top. Nah, you know, I'm on that type of time. I was a diehard Scotty Pippen fan when y'all was winning it all them years. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I was a big Scotty Pippen fan, bro. Yeah, so you know, um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm on it like that. I, I, I watch all of the sports. I'm, I'm heavy into it. You know what I'm saying? Do you think the, the Bucks are coming out the East? Of course you do, right? I ain't gonna say that just because they hometown. I think it's gonna be rough, man. I think they, I think they got the team to do it. You know, they added a couple pieces, got rid of DiVincenzo, a couple people, but they added a couple pieces. I think could be big. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think they're gonna struggle with. They might struggle with a, a Philly or a Brooklyn, maybe, or maybe even Boston. The way Boston been playing, you know what I'm saying? The East is the East yeah. is kind of hectic right now. It ain't gonna be no cakewalk. It ain't gonna be easy. The, the East always been hectic, man. Like if you look at the history from the from the 70s on down, 80s, 90s, the, all those eras, they always had hoopers. But I think overall, the healthier that team gets, I think I think the Bucks are going. They're gonna make the push back into the the top of the Eastern Conference. Um, I, th- I think for a while we were just watching them coast and it just looked so it just looked so regular that we were just like, oh, you know, Brooklyn or, or 76ers because they were making trades and shit like that. And the whole time the Bucks was just like, yeah, we still doing the same shit, though. And it reminded me of the way that the San, San Antonio Spurs just do shit, you know, as you know, the you know, the Bucks is more of a. Uh... They not they not a, a team that really care about who put who put the ball in the hole. You know, Drew Holiday, a lockdown point guard, uh, bigger guard, kind of hard to defend. Middleton, when he get it going, you know what I'm saying, pretty much really can't stop him one-on-one. Giannis opened the floor up. They got shooters. So, you know, I, I think, man, from an overall standpoint, I think they got a good chemistry as far as a whole team. They don't just got a superstar and then that's that. You know, yeah. they ain't got three people on paper like the Lakers. The Lakers was a lot of names on paper. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't mesh look well. at the, the way they mesh. Yeah, they didn't mesh well at all. The chemistry wasn't there. You could tell the Bucks like playing with each other. They don't have no egos over there. Yeah, they, they, go, they go out and ball, and I like that. You know, that's why I said I, I liken them to the San Antonio Spurs with Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and when it was David Robinson, all those guys. Like, you knew who were the dominant guys when they had to be dominant. But later on, when it was just Tim Duncan, and then it was just Ginobili and, 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 and Parker, Everybody did it, whatever they whatever needed to be done to make sure that they got the win, and that's what you want. Everybody to buy in and get the get the W. And and the Bucks, man, the Bucks really look they look like they just look like they're going back to doing what they've been doing. Yeah. You know, I, I like I like watching them play though. They, they are exciting as well. It's an exciting team to watch. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering how Brooklyn is going to go about the rest of the season, as well as the 76ers. I think uh, Boston and I think Miami are two teams that people have to watch out for as well. I think Brooklyn just too inconsistent. I was just watching them before uh, we, before we got on, and they was down 17 to the Knicks. Mm. So, but, you know, at, at halftime. So it's like, you know, when, when you're putting out performance. I think they got to get back. They got to get used to playing together. I think when you got a team that got so many injuries throughout the year, and people sitting down, and then Kyrie can't play on the road. I mean, at home and all of that for so yeah. long. And now you bringing it all back together. I think they got got to get used to playing with each other. That's who you think. Who you think coming out the the West? Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, you said that sharp than a motherfucker. Yeah, I, I say the same. I just think they, uh, you know, from veteran leadership, you know, all the way down, man. Chris Paul, still a dog. 
Chris Paul going crazy. You still got Devin Booker. You got uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, man, uh, what's your man named Crowder out there bullying people as you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mikhail, uh, what's his name on the on the on the wing? The long small forward. What's his Mikhail name? Mikael Bridges. Bridges. He going crazy. He locking locking it down. You even got uh the, the backup point guard coming off the bench. Oh yeah, Cameron. Cameron. Cameron Payne, he come yeah. out there and get loose. You know what I'm saying? So I just think they, I think they got the team. I think they got the best team in the West. Um, Jokic don't look like he going easy though. No, um, he don't, and he doing that without still two of the main pieces. That's crazy that he able to ball like that, man. Yeah, Memphis, of course, you know Memphis like like twenty and two without John ja Moran or something without crazy. Without John ja Moran, you don't you don't hear that a lot. Yeah, you don't hear stuff like that a lot. Cause that's just going to that's that's just going to show you that it go back to what you say chemistry and teamwork, man. You ain't got a star player, ain't even got to be there for everybody. But that's when you know you got a good leader. When everybody else, you know, the leader ain't got to be out there on the court. Yeah, but man. You know, everybody else still a reflection of it, and they still go out there and get the dub. That also lets you know the motherfuckers can ball though. Like, yeah, they they go out and ball. Man. Anybody that, that I hate that too. People that get on be on man, this nigga bum and that heat, man. Come on, man. If he, if, if he you played you in a one on one, if he played you in a one on one, he'd kill your ass, man. He'll ball your ass up, give you 40 piece, and you had like maybe two points. People don't get that shit, man. If they made it all the way to the league, bro, they there for a reason. That's a fact. They only picking 56. You got to think it's 56 a year, and you got 50, man, you got over, you got damn near 40,000 colleges, probably, if not more. Listen, there's only 450 something spots in the NBA. That's it. Oh. All together. All together. 30, 30, 30 teams, 30, between 30 and 32 teams, and there's only 15, 15 man roster spots. So you figure it out. If you made it that far, and I'm only saying that because I've seen it happen in real life. Uh, in Chicago, they used to have a pro, it's, it's something called the Pro-Am. So you get the mixture, mixture of the college hoopers, the high school hoopers, and the NBA players coming up in there. And I ain't going to say nobody's name, but a guy came in there from the league on the lower end of the bench. Motherfuckers was in the crowd. I'll bust, I'll bust your ass. I'll bust your ass because he, he missed a couple shots while he was on the court. And then he called a heater. Right. So he hit like four or five of them. And he went down court like, oh, yeah, there it is. I, I found it. I found it. And they was like, yeah, get your garbage ass out of here. You at the end of the bench. Right. Halftime. He said, who was saying that? Who was saying that shit? And he was like, I was, your bum ass, your bum ass, you weak as fuck. He said, stay after the game. He said, I'll put, I'll put up a couple of dollars and we'll play. He's like, I'll bust your weak ass. He's like, just stay after the game. We'll put, we'll put the money up. We'll put the money up. They played after the, after the game was over. Gave that man all buckets. All buckets. All buckets. And he, I, don't, I think he maybe drove a couple times, but he would stop on the dime and pull up. That's how it be. That's why I be trying to tell boys. I'm like, because even in Buffalo, like I'm from Milwaukee, the trail Spreewell from Milwaukee, uh, Kevon Looney from the Golden State, uh, Obaji that just won the, the uh, drink from in Kansas. You know, he originally from Milwaukee. Talk it's, about it. So Talk about it's, it. It's, it's Hoopers, you know what I'm saying, that's, that came through Devin Harris to play for, you know, the point guy played in the league. Yeah. So, and then even in Buffalo, we had Trevor Ruffin went to the league, played about nine years with Philly. You know, we uh Cliff Robinson. Yeah. So the OG. People, yeah, Christian Leitner from Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? 
So it's like it's people that I done seen coming up, and you would you be like, okay, he might not have been you know Hall of Famer, top whatever, but to see them play against normal people, it's not even a it, it don't even be close. It's no comparison. Yeah, they they I'm, are they you know are that. at the top of the ladder for a reason, man. And he gave dudes straight buckets, all buckets. And he didn't miss, he didn't he didn't miss too many shots. And people was like, damn, he busting your ass. He's like, he gonna miss though, he gonna miss though, he gonna miss. Watch. He's like, bro, it ain't nothing you can do that's gonna stop anything I'm doing. <laughs> nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact though, because you know them man, them them athletes, bro, they in that gym, man. When, every day. They in that gym every day, no and matter. He told, he they told that man. He told that man, say sorry. Every time he hit a jump shot, he's like, just say sorry. He said, he said, I'll stop right here. He said, just say sorry. Motherfucker wouldn't even say sorry. And he'd drive, stop on the down, pull up. Bah! He just hit the bottom of the net. Bah! I was like, ah, he going to eat your ass up all night, man. Yeah. That's what he did. He walked off. I think, dude, I think Buddy had like three points. I think yeah. he had like a total of three. That's how you learn your lesson sometimes, man. That's, that's how you get your lesson in, in humility, man. You got to go out there and, you know, Go with your Kawhi Leonard. Play your game and don't say nothing. You know yeah. But I learned a very I learned a very valuable lesson that night or that afternoon watching all those the pros play with Allen Iverson was in there, a bunch of guys, you know. I learned a very valuable lesson, you know, that they play at the highest level for a reason. Yeah. They may not be Allen Iverson or Ray Allen or Michael Jordan, or Kobe Bryant, or Tracy McGrady, or Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. They may not be them, but they made it that far for a reason. Even if they are the 12th guy on the bench or the 15th guy, they made it that far for a reason. And what they're capable of doing ain't some shit that you can just walk into a gym and do. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of will and skill. Again, like we said earlier, you have to do that shit over and over and over again until it becomes so easy for you that it's, it, it doesn't even matter where you are. It just happens for you. So like the, the repetition of hard work and, and the consistency of it is, is a totally different thing from you just going and playing with your guys and hooping with the uh, the local hoopers and shit. Like Kobe Bryant said, he said, I shoot a thousand jump shots from, from one spot. One and when spot. I get, yeah. And when and I, I get, make, I got to make a thousand of them in that spot. You understand? And he, and I think, I don't know if it was him or Tracy McGrady. They said, uh, what do you, what do what he say? If I get down to my last shots and I miss three of them, we start over. We starting over. Yep. Yep. I think Steph Curry like that too. I yeah. think we got to work out like that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And I let you know that that's the genius of it. So when dude was in there talking, I was looking back at him like, bro, you, you tripping, fam. But, you know, everybody got to learn their lesson somehow. You know, I don't think people get it. They're, they're pros. They're professionals for a reason. So, yeah. Definitely. You got any music on the way out? Any music that's coming out? Uh, at the beginning of the year, man, I was gonna drop the uh the uh prayed up project. I was gonna drop a project called Prayed Up. Um, I I, I double back on that only because um I'm starting to understand that the attention span is so short that a lot of the a lot of the consumers and a lot of the listeners just prefer singles and songs to come out. You know. Um, I'm, I'm more so concentrating on getting more acting roles. Um, I'm putting together a project similar to Streets is Watching that okay. they put out um, where it's going to be music incorporated into the actual, you know, scenes. Uh, it's, well, the scenes might actually be incorporated into the music, however you want to say it. Um, but so, you know, just things like that, man. I did a couple of 
How long was the project? How many songs, I should say? Uh, the project that I was gonna put out mm-hmm. uh, was gonna be twelve. You know, old school twelve. But you know, I could have probably short into six or seven. About six to seven. Yeah. But, you know, the, the way that the direction that I wanted to do the project, it kind of make more sense to do it in the visual audio. Okay. Type of, type of vein. I hear you. I hear you. Um, just because of the content. Oh, uh, see, like like I say, by the content that I make being so content heavy, um. I really don't. I really don't think I could. I really don't think I could put together a body of work with the songs that I want to put on the project. Mm-hmm. The way that I can do it without the visuals and without it being twelve songs. Okay. Would it be twelve songs? Would it be twelve songs? I think in in a visual pro- project, you know, mixed incorporated into the two, I can kind of stretch the. You know, I can make it. I, I, it won't seem like your your attention span won't just be like twelve songs of music. Okay. It actually has something visual to take your mind off the fact that you just listening to music for 12 songs. You know what I'm saying? So it'll kind of be like the backdrop to like a a, a, a whole event or like a movie or, or something yeah. like that that's happening. Like each each song I have a visual to accompany it. You know what I mean? Like that. So okay. and, and it'll 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 be pretty much scripted. The intro or intro gonna be, you know, gonna line up with the actual visuals and it's gonna play out like a movie. You know what I'm saying? It'll play out like a movie, but it'll actually be like a, a, a visual audio project. And that's okay. what I'm working on, trying to figure out, you know, just, just working out the kinks on that. And um, like I say, I got the music. The music ain't a problem. I got probably probably about 100 songs done that ain't never been heard, okay. mixed and mastered already. So the music ain't never, I got my own studio, so the music ain't a problem. You know what I'm saying? Do you do your own mixing and mastering or you got somebody for that? <clears throat> From since, since about 2000, Nine, I've been recording myself, mixing, mastering myself, all my own artwork, all my promotion, marketing, all of that myself. I've been in-house self-contained on everything. I'm uh, 17 projects in now. You can go to thatpiff.com and check those out. You know what I'm saying? Um, There's a lot of things I just, you know, like I got all my shows that I didn't book, you know, shows that I didn't did, you know, traveling, I did all of that. I've just been self-contained on my own, man. Okay. Just my own brand. Plug your site. Plug it. Plug it. Uh, www.imcodecash.com. You know what I'm saying? You can go in there and listen to all of the new music. It's a lot of section for free music on there. Page for music that you can purchase. You know, the singles. Um, the visuals is right there on the page. Uh, you got your merch merch section. You can go to the merch page. Get you some merch. Cold Cash International. You know what I'm saying? And um, other than that, you can go to, you know, of course, the YouTube.com backslash Cold Cash Star Gang. Um, Twitter.com, the real cold cash, you know, yeah, man, just check. Oh, uh, Instagram, of course, I am cold cash, and that's that, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir, yes, sir. All right, my brother, I appreciate you coming on here with me. Oh, man, I appreciate you, bro. It was a blessing being on. Thanks for having me, yes, sir, man. I, I really, I really appreciate it, man. Sooner or later, we'll get up again when we both got some more time. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna come to the shy, like, like I say, it. I, I'm right around the corner. My family, I still got all kind of family in the mill. So, you know, next time I take that trip to the Midwest. Yeah. Got- yes, sir. Just hit me up. Just hit me up. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an episode of Full Profits Podcast with my guest, Cole Cash. Always remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. We are done here. <laughs>